0: Revenue operations is a term that I'm hearing more and more often these days. What is RevOps and how could you think about it in the context of your business? Join my conversation with Patrick Thorpe to learn more. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine, Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow revenue. As we begin today, I want to give a huge shout out to Larry Levine, author of Selling from the Heart. I get to co-host the Selling from the Heart podcast with Larry each week, talking with incredible sales and thought leaders and professionals. As we were planning the podcast for 2021, we had an idea. What if we created a challenge around authenticity and sales? Out of that came the 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge. It's running until January 22nd each day from 12 to one o'clock Eastern time. We've got a dynamite roster of speakers that are inspiring us to grow in authenticity and take action. If you're in sales or you lead a sales team, you wanna be a part of this. Go to www.2021authenticselling.com to learn more. Today, we are going to talk about revenue operations. Whether this is a new term for you or you have a RevOps role at your company, I think you're going to enjoy my conversation with Patrick Thorpe. He helps startup companies create and execute strategies to scale revenue. Together, we discuss ways that companies can align marketing, sales, and customer success to drive revenue growth. We explore the role of RevOps and who would be a good fit for this position. So grab a pen and a notepad and get ready to learn from Patrick after a word from our sponsors. Patrick, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: Thanks, Daryl. Happy to be here. Cheers.
0: Yes, it's good. It's good to have a conversation today about revenue operations. It's also good to have a conversation with a friend on the other side of the pond. Mm. Um, And uh, I'm excited to hear about the perspective from over in London on, on all of this. So we're glad you're here today.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, pleasure.
0: Yeah, so when you hear the term revenue operations, and we've been bantering this around in our conversations on LinkedIn, so I wanted to bring you um, onto the show so we could just chat about it. When, when you hear the term revenue operations, how do you define that? And, and what does that mean to you and the, the organizations you work with?
1: Yeah, so it's a relatively new term, this side of the, uh, of the Atlantic, um, and in the last year or so, you're starting to see this phrase come into the certainly the technology sales lexicon. Uh, with you guys, you're you're always about two years ahead of us in that sense, um, roughly ish. I might I might be throwing you a bone there, but it's roughly. Um, from my perspective, revenue operations can be defined as the position that sits behind the curtain that stitches together marketing sales and customer success. So it looks at ways in which you can um, ensure that not only the the piece around engagement is operationally sound, going through to execution, through to expansion, i.e. the activities that those three pillars are going to be doing. Because if you are wanting to map the customer journey from someone who's never heard of you mm-hmm. as a stranger all the way through to evangelist my argument would be that they touch those three key departments and it's being able to stitch those together and understanding how what marketing are doing ie filling you know a uh, qualified pipeline, how that links to net retention revenue for customer success as a KPI for example so that whole that's that whole piece.
0: I love that answer that behind the curtains, stitching it together, because for most organizations, those three functions really are anything but stitched together. They're headed in separate directions. Even in small organizations, um, they're siloed, they use different language, they don't get together very often. And um, I, you're very generous by saying we're two years ahead of the curve. I, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. um, but, but this conversation, my experience has been interesting as we've gone out, um, you know, with Revenue Growth Engine. Now I get involved in a lot of conversations with companies that want a revenue growth plan. And very early on in doing those over the last couple of years, one of our first clients said, should we bring our operations people to the table? and you know i'm a recovering sales guy i've 27 mm-hmm. years in sales 17 years in marketing and all of that and um you know at, f- at first my my reaction to should we bring our operations people to the table is kind of like ah uh, we you know sales and marketing's cool operations is kind of boring but what we what we've realized is in doing this that absolutely um you should bring your operations people to the table because everything needs to be aligned throughout the entire customer experience and that's you know to me what i i when you talk about someone behind the curtain stitching all those things together um i think about revenue operations being putting the client putting the customer in the driver's seat um, mm-hmm. and then saying okay What do we need to do throughout this entire experience from the first moment they encounter us all the way through to being an evangelist, raving fan. Um, What, what do we need? What do we need to do to make that experience awesome and Mm -hmm. compelling and trust building? And, you know, I want to keep giving this company money for more and more things. I want to buy everything that they offer and tell Mm -hmm. my friends. And, and so I think, Revenue operations is the acknowledgement that um, that it encompasses that whole life cycle. I'll add one more thing uh, to the mix. Revenue operations, the word operations to me implies process, and um, you know when I wrote Revenue Growth Engine, it was out of this frustration that in most marketing and sales teams, departments, functions. It's the wild west. Uh, every other business, every other part of the business, finance, operations, all of that have processes. Unfortunately, most sales and marketing departments don't have processes, and even if they do, they're not really aligned around uh, the customer. So, I like the term revenue operations because it implies the whole life cycle, and it mm-hmm. implies that we're going to build some processes and and make that consistent.
1: Mm. Let, let me ask you something. So what do you feel, what type of person do you think is going to make a very good RevOps director uh, or, or insert job title that kind of covers their whole piece?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I was talking to Daryl Prale about this, um, a while back. We had a, a couple of months ago, Daryl's the chief revenue officer at Vanilla Soft. And, um, Chief Revenue Officer, which is another relatively new term in 2018, Mm -hmm. about 18% of Fortune 500 companies had a CRO. Um, And then that doubled to uh, about 31% in 2019. I hadn't seen the data on 20 yet. Mm -hmm. But I love that as well, because that title implied that the aim is not sales, it's not marketing, it's revenue. And um, Mm -hmm. so... That's the other thing I like about revenue okay. operations, by the way, is the acknowledgement that we're doing this to generate revenue. <laughs> so, um, who, so in that conversation with Daryl, Daryl uh, Prale is a, a a marketing guy who's a chief marketing officer in several organizations and got promoted to CRO. And we were having that conversation is sales or marketing the right person to sit in that seat. Um, but it's interesting when you look now and go, okay, operations when you think about the customer experience, um, I don't know the answer to that question. It seems like maybe we need to be creating more um, generalists. Like we need to be developing people that um, have marketing training, have carried a bag, and have Mm -hmm. also been involved behind the scenes in terms of the execution and process building. That may be a lot to ask. I don't know. That may be a unicorn to try to find. But, you know, I think of of the old days in, in corporate America, you know, when you would, if you're going to be a leader in the company, not corporate America, corporate Japan, right? If you're going to be a leader mm-hmm. at Toyota, for example, you would go manufacturing, then you'd go sell cars, and then you'd go fix cars. Um, mm. Before you got promoted to the C suite, and mm. I think that that rev ops person, um, you know, should almost do a tour of duty where they sell, they do operations, customer success, they do marketing. I don't know. What do you think?
1: So I don't know. If this is going to cause some contention amongst your listeners, but oh, contention's fun. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> so, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll so go in. for it. Okay, I'll commit and back myself strongly (laughs) then. Um, So I think that to be a successful director of revenue and operations, or certainly a CRO, you have to have been in a senior position of one of those three departments, and I would say fundamentally sales. Um, Now, the reason I think that is because – I would say, like, there's four areas in terms of what a RevOps person is going to be looking at, not in terms of the departments, but in terms of the four kind of key disciplines. So it's operational management, Mm -hmm. the net sales enablement, insights, and then being able to interpret that data, Mm -hmm. uh, what you're seeing, and also the tools to get the job done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if you've never actually sold anything to create sales enablement, programs or training programs to then create insights and see these are my conversion rates or the, what tools do I, as a salesman is gonna need, having never gone through trying to find a lead and actually done the whole 360 sales cycle. I think it's incredibly difficult position to do because someone would say to you, well, we wanna get our conversion rate from uh, 25% to 33%. So one in four to one in three. If you've never sold anything, how on earth can you suggest what ways you can do that tactically? Right. And also because you're going to be having to communicate and collaborate. If you're a CRO, for example, you'd have to collaborate with VP of sales, VP of marketing, VP of customer success. So having never done a revenue generating role before, it would be very difficult to do revenue operations because you simply wouldn't know how to do it.
0: I think that's a, it's a good perspective. Um, you know, and, and being a recovering salesperson myself, I tend to agree. And by the way, I'm down to therapy twice a month. It's going, (laughs) um, I, I agree, but then there's a part of me that, that, that disagrees. Mm -hmm. Um, what I think of, I, so I, here's my story, right? I had a, I, Went to uh, university in the late 80s, early 90s, earned a marketing degree that immediately became irrelevant when I graduated because the internet was born uh, the same year I graduated with my marketing degree, which is Mm -hmm. kind of funny, right? I mean, I I know the principles apply, but all this stuff we do in marketing didn't even exist Mm -hmm. uh, when I graduated. Anyhow, I graduated and I was like, I need to make some money. So I got a job in sales and uh, I was B2B technology sales, hardcore office equipment, um, you know, and, but one of the gifts and this, this is, um, you know, maybe, maybe how this works. One of the gifts along the way was the company I worked for paid for um, education. So I went to night school and got my master's degree in business. And so In that, I learned a bunch of stuff that I don't necessarily use on a daily basis, but I really actually do because it shaped my thinking. I learned about finance, I learned about operations, I learned about business processes. Um, I started reading books that other salespeople weren't reading um, and thinking about things from a, a bigger perspective. So I would say maybe the answer is regardless of whether you come into a CRO or a revops position from sales from uh, marketing or from operations customer success that to get there along the way you should have you should invest in yourself in some way over a period of time to broaden your perspective um because i get what you're saying about people coming from sales but my experience is, let's let, you know, a lot of the people that would come up from sales don't understand the integration of technology um, mm. behind all of it, <clears throat> uh, and if you know, a foundation of rev ops is that marketing, sales, and and ops talk from a tech perspective, mm. and you know, a lot of the salespeople I know don't have that the tech knowledge. Um, to make it work. So the other, the other angle, and, and I'm rambling now, so I'll pass the baton back to you, but um, the other, the other angle to look at that is maybe with, if you get promoted into that position or you create that position that you come to that position with a little bit of humility to realize Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you are that salesperson, you got to fill the gaps with, um, with some marketing expertise, some technology expertise, um, and some operational expertise that, you know, it's, you're going to have to build a good team underneath you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, if people have heard my previous comment and think that I'm being disparaging towards operational people, then that's far from it. I think yeah. it was more focusing on that. If we're focused on revenue, which everybody is, then having had a position in a revenue generating individual contributor role, even yes. if it's, um, I'm targeted on filling um, the pipeline on a monthly basis with MQLs, for example, or it's um, I had 10 clients and my churn rate, I could drop no no lower than 10% or something like that. The idea of being customer-facing, so therefore customer-centric and understanding that all your day-to-day activities are going to be focused on the customer because if they're not, then we have a much bigger problem. And I think that you're absolutely right. There needs to be a sense of humility and understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll put a a good analogy I found is um, triathletes. So often with triathletes, they will say, I'm really good at these two and I suck at this one. Mm-hmm. And it could be, I'm a great runner and cyclist, but I suck at swimming, so I have to really pull cool my swimming up or you know whatever combination you want to say. And so I think often with revenue operations, there's going to be one of those three pillars that I mentioned, marketing, sales, customer success, where you are conceivably weaker mm-hmm. at because you've never done it. So for me, for example, it would be more customer success mm-hmm. because my, my whole career was pretty much business development, new business, sign on the dotted line, over the shoulder to someone to manage it, um, as an account manager or relationship manager. So I know that the customer success piece, out of the three, is weaker for me personally. So it's being able to then understand more about what the day-to-day job of a customer success person looks like, what technologies do they use, because in sales and business development, you don't use Zendesk, whereas in customer success, you probably would, as an example. But then it's being able to actually close that feedback loop between customer success and marketing, um, or actually customer success and product actually, um, because it's that is where you understand usage, that is where you understand feature sets, that is where you understand people, whether they're going to leave to go, go to competitor, which sales account execs, you won't know that. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue. So it's not just stitching together those three th- those three silos or de-siloing them, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. but it's making sure that customer success is therefore speaking to marketing. And that is easy to articulate in this conversation. In practice, though, that's very, very difficult because the DNA of a customer success person and a salesperson and a marketer are naturally going to be different. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. A couple of things. This is a really rich conversation, and um, I hope it. Uh, you know, as listeners who are really wrestling through this, because I think these issues are are very critical as we move forward. I I think of um, I think of a couple of things. First of all, um, I'm going to add um, not a counterpoint, but a different uh, perspective to maybe add to the mix here and think about this. As um, as I go, it's into- going to, this is going to be UK versus US. Yes, ab- well, I'm Canadian. So I don't know <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry, forgive me. So.
1: Oh, so we, have the, we have the Commonwealth in, in common sense right. we, as well. do, yeah. we do. We we're, we're all <laughs> friends. Um,
0: the um, you know wh- when we go when we look at a company, we're doing a revenue growth strategy, and the foundation of revenue growth engine is really simple. There's only two ways to drive revenue. One is net new business. One is cross selling more to our current client base and Um, My experience is most companies are either good at one or the other, but when you get both going at the same time, that's where you see um, exponential growth. And um, what I've noticed is probably three to one, the companies that I'm working with are good at net new and terrible at cross-selling additional products and services to their current client base. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've got great sales teams, they got marketing, they're out there and they ring the bell a lot for new, uh, new deals. But when it comes to cross-selling, um, I was at a tech conference back when you used to go to those um, and Tiffany Bova was there, Growth IQ. And Tiffany, I uh, hope we get Tiffany on the podcast here soon because I love her work. She stood in front of a, a room full of 2,500 tech salespeople and business owners and said, basically, you guys are idiots. And I started, I was laughing. She said, you're like people that go prospect for gold. You sell everything. You go to the Klondike. You find a gold mine after scratching around for six months. You hold up your gold nugget, you high five, and you move on to the next gold mine, (laughs) right? You're like, yeah, we got found a gold mine. Um, And this is where I look at a lot of organizations right now and go, okay, if you are net new focused and you're only scratching the surface on the potential of your current client base, you need to look at the last half of that customer experience, right? It's not just bringing them on board. We don't close sales. We open relationships. So, what this is where the operations people are starting to come in and, you know, the operations people don't know a lot about sales and marketing usually. And so, we're looking, a lot of the problem is not on the business acquisition side. It's actually on the client management side. And how do we incorporate sales and marketing into that customer relationship so they move from, you know, buying one product from us to buying everything that we sell 100% sold um, is a term I like to use. So from that standpoint, what I'm noticing about companies and when we go into a company that's that the operations people start coming to the table um and they begin to realize, wow, we could double or triple our revenue if we didn't add a single customer. If we actually got consistent in cross selling, um, you know, that's where the conversation starts to shift from, yeah, it's great we can ring the bell, but how do we manage these relationships and maximize the value of these relationships? So, and and that customer experience needs to not just include, hey, I call them up and they're nice to me. Um, and they take care of my problem, but it also needs to include this company continues to add value marketing yes. and they continue to talk to me about my challenges and overcoming them sales. So I think maybe that the issue is not who's in charge, the maybe the issue is what part of the customer journey um, or the ideal client experience, as I like to call it, are we focusing on mm-hmm. the acquisition part or the delight uh, raving fan and 100% sold part.
1: Mm. I, I think strategically, therefore, if you were looking at a, a company's growth for the next 12 months, you might wish to take a, split it into quarters as everybody does, but then take a thematic approach to each quarter. Mm-hmm. So one quarter you're looking at uh, the cross-selling initiatives, and the next quarter you're looking at net-new, and the third, third quarter you're looking at um, uh, upselling or partnerships or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you could start, to, I think if you give yourself 90 days, then that's when you can affect change and figure out if something's working or not. Um, so that might be a way to, um, uh, to to think of that. Something just popped into my head, which was, uh, given your experience, would be interesting. What are some of the triggers that businesses are going to face to suggest that it's time for a revenue operations-specific person?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Kind of a great way to wrap our conversation here today. Um, mm. I think that so I think a couple of triggers. One would be um how well are you doing at cross-selling? Like are you landing clients and just you know, land them and on to the next one, or are you actually um, extracting the value from the gold mine? Um and if you're not good at cross-sell, I think that is, you know pull ops into the conversation right um and create together a client experience that includes growth and added value and continued communication um that would be one i think um i think another would be um if you're having specific problems in terms of client retention do you have a lot of turnover um or client acquisition are we terrible at bringing people on board Both of those, but I think a lot of it, you know, sales and marketing, even though we're misaligned, we usually get put in the same line item or section of the profit and loss statement. We get thrown together, but sales and marketing and operations, um, that's a relatively new way to think. And I think um, a lot of, a lot of the red flags are on the, after the sale um, Hmm. side of things. What do you think?
1: I think, um, I think there's a couple of things from my perspective. I think if, um, if a founder of a business is thinking, is it the right time to um, hire a RevOps person? And I've written quite a few blogs on this, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think one is they feel like they've got too many tools that don't talk to each other because yeah, it's uh, well, we'll have this thing. trial, this trial, and it's, just, it's a total mess. Um, I think the other one is the process is broken, i.e. it was right for, to get our first 10 customers to get to 100 customers, it's wrong, it doesn't work, or there's too many holes in it, we have no data, and we have no way of being able to figure out how we can um, improve incrementally across lots of different touch points. And I think the third one is, we don't know what's working and what isn't. So we can't figure out that no, our sales process is okay we've got an issue with demand gen or we're okay with demand gen we've actually we're no good at um, converting people from trial customers into full licensed customers mm-hmm. or we're very good at that piece um, but we're no good at the cross up yeah yep. and it's being able to diagnose these are where our challenges are and often from my experience that's that's the hardest bit. Once you've figured out what the problem is and defined it, um, I mean, I would I would attribute the quote to Albert Einstein, but I can't remember exactly what it is, the idea of the hard, the hard part is figuring out what the problem is. The solution yeah. is often easy. Yes. But if you can yes. define it very clearly, um, then often the solution is, is right there in front of you. So I think those are some, between your answers of the cross-selling and the retention piece, uh, or the acquisition piece, and then some of the things that I've mentioned, they are sort of four or five triggers where a business owner, hopefully listening to this, goes, Do you know what? I'm suffering from maybe three or four out of those. It's probably about time I have a look at this RevOps thing a bit more seriously.
0: Well, and I love, uh, we're going to have to have this another conversation because this is so good. We can keep going with this forever, but I love the fact that you get to work with startups. So startups have the opportunity to get this right from the Um, get-go. And then the other thing I would say is, as we wrap today in is, if you're an established company, it's probably not a bad idea to bring an outside perspective in uh, to give you some insight on this. Cause there's, you know, I think that to be able to see, you know, if you're experiencing some of those problems, to be able to get someone looking from the outside and, um, and, and giving you some fresh insight beyond kind of the perspective of each individual sales, marketing, customer success, um, might be able to be helpful, man, Patrick. What a great conversation! This uh, this has been wonderful, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for being a champion for growth and sharing time with us today.
1: Of course, I'm very happy. Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers, Tom.
0: Yeah, wonderful. We'll put your contact information in the show notes and everybody else in the uh, revenue growth podcast audience, just want to say a huge thank you. Um, Here we are at uh, the beginning of 2021. And this is a critical year for so many of us. As we've been saying, we've got to get it done in 2021. And I'm seeing a group of owners, uh, executives, sales, marketing professionals that are dedicated to to driving and thriving in this new year. And I just want to let you know I'm cheering you on. And I'm committed to bringing you ideas and insight to help you grow. So until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c sweetradiocom Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book you'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth. So your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like, or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word. If you'd be kind enough to leave a review, of course, we'd love it. If you would share this with your friends together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.